This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to For the Shire by the Shire. Each week, we speak to property and finance professionals working in and around the Sutherland Shire. Discover insider tips and tricks from the Shire's leading experts on how to get ahead in today's market. Introducing your host, Nathan Smith, the Director and Senior Mortgage Broker at the award-winning Birdie Wealth. Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of For the Shire, By the Shire. Uh, we're joined today by Luke Williams from Fox Point Buyers Advocates. Uh, he's a buyer's agent and one of the leading buyer's agents in the Sutherland Shire. So we're going to hear a little bit about his role and how that fits into the buying process. He started the business in his early 20s, so he's a very young and uh, energetic agent. Has also spent some time previously as a sales agent, so knows both sides of that sales process. Uh, Luke, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me on, Nate. It's uh, yeah, it's a great honour. Love what you guys are doing. You know, both with your brokering side and also the educational piece. So yeah, really excited to be a part of it. And yeah, love what you're doing. Let's start back before property. So yep. uh, so who were you before property came along? Sure, mate. I was pretty young. I uh, actually left school in year eleven. I was uh, had a professional cycling career. So. I uh, moved to the United States uh, when I was in year 11, so uh, would have been 15, 16 at the time. That took me there for three years, uh, finished my HSC over there, so I did studying via correspondence. Natural progression sort of after sport, I had some injuries which sort of knocked me out of it. I was studying the foreign market in the US. It was just really intriguing at the time because when I was there, I was living in the Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee area, which is the Midwest of the USA. Uh, properties there, you can get a um, lakeside estate for one to one and a half million dollars, which just completely baffled me that that was possible. You know, looking at what you know the Sydney prices were doing at the time and Australia as a whole, uh, that sort of led me further down that train. Um, and then we're spending time in the USA, actually learned a lot about the buyer's advocate role itself. I uh, don't know if a lot of people are aware, but probably about 90% of people over there use a buyer's advocate or a buyer's agent for their purchase. Um, so when I floated back to Australia, got into property as a sales agent, spent a few years doing that, uh, and then linked up with another buyer's agent at that time uh, You know, with my previous experience with them or knowledge of it, and used that just to sort of as a platform to build and kind of grow what I'm doing now. So you've started initially as a sales agent, uh, but saw particularly in the US as a very active market for buyers agents. What what about that role drew you from sales across to to the buying? Yeah, sure. I, I, mean, well, I spent two years in sales, so not a great deal of time. Um, so that was in 2015 and took me up to 2017. Um, with that agency, I was actually working beneath the two company directors, so pretty much you know, liaising with them on all of their sales. Uh, that was really quite an active role, covering off on everything uh, pretty much not an entry-level real estate position. It was more of a mid-level that I had jumped into, very much learned on the go. I felt I picked it up relatively quickly. But the progression really was that I didn't feel very heartfelt about that side of it. I was more so passionate about, you know, you hear people say, oh, we help somebody find their dream home. I truly think that buyer's agent role more resonates with that. And the satisfaction I get now when I'm helping a client purchase is far greater than when I was working as a sales agent. And, you know, obviously being a human being, we're always chasing satisfaction. So, um, yeah, like I said, when that opportunity became available, uh, it was a pretty easy decision to really transition across. 
So let's talk about this role, uh, buyer's agent, buyer's advocate, yep. goes by a few <laughs> different names. Uh, certainly starting to gain momentum in Australia. I, I would say 10 years ago it was all, all but all but heard of sure. uh, over here. Um, we talked about it being quite popular in the US. So what sure. is a buyer's agent? Sure. So essentially it's an independent advocate or agent working for you as the buyer. So similar to what a selling agent does for you when selling your property, we independently advise on the purchase. So there's multiple different not multiple, there's a few different buyer's agents. So you have a um, owner-occupier buyer's agent, which is predominantly what we specialize in. Uh, there's an investment buyer's agent, which we do also touch on as well. And then you know, there's commercial, um, there's guys doing off the plan, house and land packages. They're a little bit different, which I can touch on later. But I would say the, the top three would be residential owner-oc, investment, and then also commercial. So similar to sales agents who might specialise in a particular suburb or a a certain price point in the market. That's right. We've got buyers agents who service certain areas. So that's right. um, And and how can they help a client? What can they do that? that I can't yep. do on my own. Yeah, of course. So I suppose the key points would be finding properties that aren't available to public. Uh, so we're doing a lot of purchasing what we call off-market, uh, which some people will be familiar with, other people won't be so much. Um, so these are properties that aren't advertised to the public. Uh, you know, If you ask and you know seek further advice, they are out there. Uh, but that's, again, a very time-consuming process. Um, you know, This is a seven-day-a-week job for us, so our time is spent finding those properties for clients. Uh, so that's one aspect of it. I, and I think really the value in that is so significant. You know, it, on Saturday, I went through a property in Ingadine. You know, there was 80 groups there, you know, very hotly contested. They had an offer over asking, you know, the day after the inspection. The second property we looked at was off market in Janali. And it was very similar in a lot of ways. You know, it was a private inspection. Uh, you know, it was almost exclusive within our office that we had access to. You know, and naturally, our clients felt a lot more comfortable. Uh, not only was the property suitable, but you know, we felt like you know we we're at a much greater advantage because there was an opportunity here that nobody else had, essentially. So, I think that's a really big importance that we place on you know finding the right property, whether it be on or off market, but incorporating that into the process. Once that right property has been found, you know, we're massive on negotiating, making sure the terms are suitable for our client as the buyer, walking them through the due, the due diligence process. So once that property has been found, making sure that they have a competent conveyancer, the great broker such as yourself on board, you know, looking after the loan, um, you know, independent person building inspections you know, so that all bases are covered before even making an offer so that we know that they're buying a sound property. Once we're at that point where we'll make an offer on the property, we're obviously working with our client who's the buyer, um, you know, to work out what price is actually, um, you know, a mathematical price to purchase and not emotional, you know, coming up with case studies that we feel are relevant, you know, for the price that we're at. And like, so really just negotiating on behalf of the buyer and we feel level the playing field, you know, as opposed to what Australian real estate has seen in the past, which is really, you know, buyers working for themselves independently. So what you're able to do, I guess, is give that professional service and representation on behalf of a purchaser because currently in most uh, most transactions we have the vendor or the seller has professional representation sure. and they're up against an amateur 
uh, buyer. So you're coming in and saying, well, let's level yeah, the correct. play field and have two professionals working together right. and see if we can find um, the, the optimum price and fair price That's right. for you. Yeah, and we feel that, you know, there is an under-representation there with buyers at the moment, you know, not taking anything away from the sales agents. They do a great job. You know, they're obviously working to make everybody happy, but at the end of the day, their client is the seller, ours is the buyer. I don't view it as my role against the sales agent. We're working collectively to get the result. Yes, we want the best price. They want the best price, but, you know, that's really case-by-case case working through that. Excellent. Now, looking in around the Sutherland Shire, some of the properties that you've bought, um, sure. what are some key criteria, some, some must-haves for you uh, and perhaps clients should consider more? Of course. Well, I'm all about establishment and whether that's for me personally or for a client, I only practice what I preach. So, you know, I'm only going to be able to advocate for what I see value in myself or what I'm comfortable doing. Um, so when I talk establishment, first and foremost, I mean location. You know, so buying somewhere that's stood the test of time, has infrastructure that supports either mine or the client's lifestyle, what they're hoping to get out of the purchase, and then establishment in terms of property as well. So, you know, something that if you're buying an apartment block in Cronulla, you know, 15, 20 years old, you know, you can touch, you can feel, you can go and see what you're buying, you're comfortable with the position, you know, the, the quality of the product. And, you know, I'll talk about it later, but I really think that's an importance for us versus going off the plan, house and land package, that style. We're really, you know, doing owner-occupied, um, you know, established markets. So for that, you know, like I said, I think there's a lot to be said for properties that have stood the test of time, you know, houses that are 40, 50, 60 years old, you might be able to come in and, you know, cosmetically renovate. Of course, you know, being structurally sound, uh, but like I said, we're really, you know, pushing that side of the market and that's something that I believe in and advocate for. So established properties rather than your, your brain, you're off the plan. Correct. You see tends to be and, at the right value point and, and have some history behind it. Yeah, and I think with establishment, you know, because that's established locations as well. So you're not going to typically find, unless it's apartment blocks, you know, brand new houses, you know, in suburbs like Bondi, you know, Cronulla, Coogee, you know, like I said, they're typically already there. It's the areas that are, you know, probably outside of where you'd want to be residing that you're seeing those larger estates and, and that sort of product being rolled out. So what's one question that, as a professional, you are asking that you see the everyday buyer tend to miss? Uh, look, I think there's a misunderstanding around the property buying process as a whole. Um, I believe due diligence when buying is often massively overlooked. Uh, it's so easy to fall in love with a property and commit to purchasing without ensuring that you've at least had a contract of sale reviewed, you've had a person building report done, and you've had it either looked over by yourself or somebody who's a professional in that field, um, and or a strata report if it's an apartment or a strata block. Uh, I think any good sales agent, mortgage broker, uh, conveyancer or buyer's agent, if you have one on your side, they'll happily outline that process and that part of it you know, to ensure that you're getting the right property. All you really have to do is ask. Like I said, I think a lot of people go into it. It's so exciting trying to look for that property and find it. It's really easy to get caught up in you know, making an offer prior to actually doing any work. Obviously, doing your person building inspections and everything like that can get quite costly. You know, If you're going through them, four or five properties before you find the right one. It might not be, you know, uh, financially, you know, viable to do that. Um, so maybe what I would suggest would be if you're submitting an offer, get it to the agent in writing, but make it subject to obviously contract review, having a person building inspection completed, you know, get that price right that you're comfortable paying with the property, but you're also covered in case it comes back and there's any major defects or anything wrong with the property or the contract of sale. Yeah, so um, I think it seems people uh, quite emotionally tied to a property, particularly their own home. It's sure. understandable. Um, they could be spending 
the next 10 or 15 years. It could be raising families. So That's I right. understand that there's that emotional connection, but we still need to consider the fact we're talking half right. a million dollars, one million dollars here. This is a lot of money. Of course. And we just need to do the checks. And That's I, right. Sometimes I see people spend more time researching what phone they're going to get next or right. what set of headphones to buy. Yeah, um, no car, anything yeah. like that. <laughs> and, uh, and then when they buy a property, they just say, look, it looks shiny, it looks new. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the, right. paint, the paint's good, let's buy it. Yeah. So, so I think yeah, that's often, that piece is most often overlooked. Like I think it's pretty fair to say that most home buyers have access to internet. You know, everyone's on realestate.com. That searching aspect for the most part, you know, has been taken care of. You know, once you find the property, like I said, I just think there's a bit of a gray area as around to the ideal process. Um, and, you know, I think that's up to people like, you know, yourself and I to really, you know, explain and educate on that as well. So, yeah, look, sort of, you know, thinking you can just get caught up in, in that and, you know, make some costly mistakes. So I would just be asking the question around, look, you know, whether it's your broker, like I said, conveyance of the selling agent, buyer's agent, if you have one, you know, ask the question, look, we really like it. You know, can you just outline to us exactly what we need to do, um, you know, in order to, you know, proceed with this correctly for us? Let's talk uh, auctions. Now, you've been to hundreds if not thousands of auctions without a doubt one of the most intimidating parts of the process sure um, <laughs> you see people people literally sweating weeks out from it let alone on the day it's just so nerve-wracking so pressuring so why are vendors and why are agents taking properties to auction sure look i think auction is the most transparent way to buy and obviously the most transparent way to sell for that matter as well i think if you're a selling agent First and foremost, it really promotes their profile. So, you know, so if you have a great auction in your local area, that makes them really look really good. And obviously for prospective work, that's great. Two, it's if you get two or three interested parties at the auction, that's probably the best way to maximize your result. In saying that, not every property is right for auction either. I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, finished product, established homes. So if you think areas like Como, Oyster Bay, Janali, you know, talking locally, all you've got to do is look at the last two, three months of results, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars over reserve, you know, homes that were being quoted one to one point one, they're selling for one point two to one point three, uh, renovated, you know, cute single story homes. You know, so if there's enough interest in that property where it's gonna generate more than one party, um, you know, it's certainly auction I think is the best way to maximize the result for the seller. Uh, when I'm explaining it to my client, I think for me. I like auction. Like I said, I can see the transparency behind it. You know who you're competing against. Um, we employ the best strategy for success, we feel, but I stress to my clients that doesn't guarantee success. You know, there could always be somebody on the day with more money to spend. Um, you know, they're willing to dig that little bit deeper and that's fine. They can. Um, but again, like I said, it's, it's really all cards on the table with auctions. So, you know, private treaty, I think is a great way to sell as well. I just think that, you know, if, the price is transparent enough if it's advertised or the agent, you know, is, you know, ethical and sort of going about it the right way and giving the right advice. It's, it's a more than sound way to buy a property. Uh, but I can understand also around auction and, and, you know, why agents do it, why sellers love it and why buyers fear it as well, because it is such a tough way to buy. It's so many question marks around it. And yeah, I think it raises a lot of questions as well because of that. Let's talk some auction tips. Sure. So uh, I think you touched on it here, and this is my advice to a lot of our buyers, is that if the person next to you has $100,000 more than you, yep. it doesn't matter what little trick or tip you try, they're getting the <laughs> it's property come out. out. So yeah. you, you're not going to win it with 100000 less. So 
there are a couple of little things you might be able to do to slightly improve your chances. Yeah, of course. Have you got any for, for somebody going to have a bid for themselves? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think physiology is a big one. Um, I, I look at it like it's a game of cards again, like I touched on earlier. So confidence is really key. I always like to be positioned front and center of the auction, clear line of sight with the auctioneer. Um, I often see people standing back in the crowd, you know, relatively unnoticed. I think it's you know, nice to be up the front, showing a little bit of dominance there. Uh, another massive one is I always open the bidding nine times out of ten, uh, and I always, not always, but for the most part, the first bidder is the most successful and ends up buying the property. So, if somebody's in the market for property, they're generally attending open houses. Would you recommend that they go and have a look at a few different options as well? Yeah, correct. Uh, I think prior to jumping into it, you know, familiarise yourself with the process get there half an hour early. Typically with an auction, they have a 30-minute open home prior to the auction commencing. And what that does is obviously gives you know the buyers and the agent time to prepare. Who's there to bid? You know, gives them another look through the property. Everyone sort of gets settled in. I would advise getting there at the start of that open home scanning through, keeping an eye on the actual process, um, seeing how it all plays out, you know, so that when that time comes, when you're in that position, you know, you're more familiar with it. And yeah, I would of course advise that. Um, it, it, with open homes as well, uh, you know, great to check out anything and everything. But again, there's a fine line and, you know, I think your time should be spent wisely. And, and I think there is a lot to be said as well for long listing and then short listing opportunities that only you'd look at suitable to what your criteria is. Another tip for people is that there are certain auction houses that will run a number in one night. So Correct. my tip to people, if they see a property going to auction in four weeks, is to go and attend one of those prior yep. and go and see the different outcomes that can come out of an auction because sure. it's not always just a sale no, and it's not always just passed in. There's a, a number of different ways that it can play out in between. Some Correct. can be really slow, some, some can be fast, some That's can right. have one bidder, some can have 10 bidders. Yeah, it so really it's, varies. It's good to see all those different dynamics well, happening before yeah. you're sitting in the chair with, the, your, with your stick. The in-room, yeah, you, you really see, you know, the many different types. And I've, and again, there's really a lot to be said for in-room versus on-site or at the property, you know, auctions on a Saturday. So in-room can have a, a great flow-on effect. You know, auction number one for the night could be fall on its face and that can really affect the actual mood for the evening. Um, I, I actually prefer, if I was a sales agent, I would do on-site auctions just for the sense that people are there, they can see the property, you know, they might just get that little bit more, you know, attached to it. Uh, but again, in-rooms are a great tool, you know, when you can see five, six, seven, eight auctions, see how they play out, what the scenario is, how many people are at each. You probably actually even get a gauge for what properties are more suited for auction than others just based on what's there on the night and how they've performed. Now, if uh, we were to give you control of the industry for a day, so you've got full control of real estate, what's something that you would change? Look, I'd probably change the perception around uh, real estate workers as a whole. Um, you know, that covers on sales agents, property managers, uh, buyers agents, auctioneers, anyone involved in that process. You know, like any industry, there's good and bad, uh, but in my experience, you know, most all are genuine and willing to help. You know, like I said, I just think people are standoffish. Some people have their reasons and that's fine, you know, but I just think a greater understanding around the fact that most people are willing to help, even if you are a buyer and you're going through an open with a sales agent, you know, and they are there to help the seller. You know, at the end of the day, they are there to help you as well buy the property, you know, because that's great for them as well. So like I said, good and bad in everything, but I just wish that would be changed a little bit. Um, I also wish there was a higher barrier of entry for people getting 
getting into the industry because I feel like that would eliminate what I just spoke about as well. You know, I think certification is far too easy to get a hold of and provide unsolicited advice or, you know, a lot of inexperience. So I think with, with inexperience, you know, you're going to get those complaints and people that aren't happy and, you know, they've been dealt the wrong card by an agent or whatever it might be. Um, but that's actually changing. I got an email last week. They have approved reforms to come in this year around certain licensing and certificate in real estate. Um, so I'm hoping that that actually, you know, heightens the barrier of entry and actually a high quality of person coming into the industry. Let's finish up with some tips for everyone. So what are some tips you've got for people in relation to your industry and property? Yeah, sure. Look, have your team behind you. So, you know, obviously professional broker, conveyancer, uh, you know, buyer's agent if you feel necessary. I think that's really key and that really, you know, reverts back to a lot that we've spoken about. If you have those people behind you, they'll be ensuring that your due diligence is covered. You know, you've got your pre-approval in place, your contract's been reviewed and they're really walking you through that whole process. I would say that's probably the first and foremost thing you want to do before even looking at properties, make sure you have those right people on your side. If you're not sure of who to go to, you know, friends and family may be a good start. You know, if they've used a broker that they've had a good experience with, that broker will most likely be connected with a buyer's agent, um, you know, conveyance up, so on and so forth. That would be my top tip. Another one is a, a quick auction tip. Um, I know we were touching on auctions before. I always like to start the bidding, if I can. If someone's beat me to it, then that's fine. But I find that by starting the bidding, it just puts you in that position of dominance. You know, you're up the front, you're centered, you know, good body language, you know, you're showing dominance by, you know, opening the bidding. And, you know, seven times out of 10, the first person that bids ends up owning the property. Uh, you know, I just think that's a great tool, you know, Bid, uh, start the bidding, bid hard and fast, and you know, that should put you in a pretty good position to secure the property. So I think if you're looking at it, if somebody's got $100,000 more to spend than you, but you're, you know, just relentlessly bidding, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 bids at a time, you know, up to your limit, but you're confidently doing so, that will give the opponent, you know, that impression that, you know, crap, this guy's not going to stop, you know, where's he sort of, you know, going to stop bidding? So they might just think, oh, well, he's not going to stop, we're out. And, yes. you know, in saying that, you know, technically you may be able to catch them out, but if they do have a higher budget, that may be exposed at a later date as mm. well. Um, third one would be, I think there's a misconception around buyer's agents and that being a niche for people with a greater budget. Um, you know, I really don't think that's the case. I think we can help, you know, anyone in the market. Um, you know, yes, like most businesses, we are a fee for service. Uh, but through our negotiating, we actually try and justify that into the budget. So I don't see it as budget plus our fee. I mean, I really see it as our job to negotiate so that we're included into that. Um, you know, so not only have you saved you know, the time and stress of doing it yourself, but also the money by having a professional negotiate and find that right property for you. Look, as we know, a um, mistake in real estate is not a $1,000 mistake, right? No, that's it. It's often far greater. You get it wrong, you get it real wrong. <laughs> that's right. What's next for you? This year is a pretty big year. It's, it's kicked off pretty quickly. Um, had a nice few weeks of downtime, which was great, but you know, straight back into it now. So uh, started the year strong. We've got you know, a number of clients who we're helping at the moment in the Sutherland Shire. Uh, we're doing you know investment in Brisbane as well, which you know about. Um, you know, we have a full time buyer's agent up there as well who helps with that. Um, we're also expanding into another part of Sydney, which I'll be able to touch on later in the year. Uh, but for me personally, just you know, growing the business that's probably my my biggest achievement to date. So so, you know, trying to keep that going. Me personally, help as many clients as we can, um, you know, just keep spreading the good word about what we're doing. And uh, the final question we finish with everyone, what's one bit of advice you wish 
people were given earlier or you received earlier? Sure. Go at your own pace. And I think that resonates with me with what I'm doing in my career. I think early on in the piece, I focused so much on what other people were doing that I'd actually caught up, you know, and I got caught up in all of that and it affected, you know, me. I just thought, you know what, I'm my own person. I have my own skill set and values. Um, and, you know, later on down the track, I realized and probably only realized it when I started my own business that you have more opportunities come to you, um, you know, because of who you are as a person and people see value in you. So um, that took a little while to, you know, sort of get my head around. And I wish I'd known that sooner. But I think as well, that comes with age. And I think translating that into a property purchase you know, just because your mates are jumping into the market or investing in one area, you know, or a piece of advice you've heard that, you know, you think you have to have, it may not necessarily be true, you know, take the time to, you know, educate yourself, you know, um, great to get into the market, but feel comfortable with what you're doing and, and, you know, stick to your guns with what you think's right. Yeah, love that one. Run your own race. Uh, some people will be faster, some will be slower. Yeah, of course. Do yeah. what's best for you. That's right. Uh, Luke Williams, Fox Point Buyers Advocates, thanks so much for joining us. Where do people find you? Uh, look, we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, website, of course. Uh, we're available by phone. We are pretty mobile, so we do have, have our office here at Inspire Cowork in Miranda alongside Birdie Wealth, uh, but we're quite easily contactable. We can come to you, you know, if you're in any part of Sydney, investors we can speak to nationwide. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming in. Some really good tips there around your role as a buyer's agent uh, and particularly around that auction, which is definitely one of the most intimidating parts. Uh, Thanks again. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.